your growth depends equally on the ability to attract, engage, and delight your audience across the buying process. So more tactically, you know, seamless customer experience across marketing, sales, and service. Buyer behavior isn't the same, and the old sales funnel is no longer relevant. So Square 2 is smashing the funnel and encouraging businesses to think differently about their approach to marketing, sales, customer service, and revenue generation. Join us for season two of Smash the Funnel, the podcast. This season with an amazing lineup of industry experts will focus on revenue performance measurement and optimization. And now for your host, Mike Lieberman, CEO and Chief Revenue Scientist at Square Two. Hey everyone, welcome to season two, episode two of two, uh, Smash the Funnel, the podcast. In season two, we're really focusing on some of the more challenging aspects of marketing and sales today, and that's specifically, how do we measure sales and marketing performance? And maybe even more importantly, how do we improve and optimize that performance? So today, I'm thrilled to have a very special guest with me for episode two, Angie O'Dowd. She's the uh, Global Director of Partner Marketing at HubSpot. HubSpot's been on the forefront of analytics when it comes to marketing sales and now customer service. And they've been doing some very interesting work as it relates to getting those tactics to tie back in and drive revenue. So Angie, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So let's get right into it. Uh, What's HubSpot's philosophy when it comes to growing revenue? So I should probably first acknowledge that this is called Smash the Funnel. Correct. And the funnel has definitely been HubSpot's go-to framework for measuring success you know, for years. Um, but Mike, I know you attended Inbound and you also wrote about the new framework uh, we're using, which is the flywheel. Right. Um, your team, I think, coined this as the cyclonic buying journey. Right. We, right. Well, and we love the funnel. We really do. But we wanted to give people like a second tier model mm-hmm. with which to use. So we kind of took the flywheel concept and went a level detail so that people could better understand how to apply strategy, tactics, analytics, and technology to all stages in the buyer journey. So there's a lot of alignment between what HubSpot's been talking about with the flywheel and our cyclonic buyer journey. Yeah, definitely. And so um, the concept of the flywheel, you know, is that your growth depends equally on the ability to attract, engage, and delight your audience across the buying process. So more tactically, you know, seamless customer experience, across marketing, sales, and service. So this concept is how we, uh, is really our philosophy on kind of measuring our success and growing revenue. Um, So to answer your question, we orient our goals around these three stages. And we look at how we can either, what we say is add force or remove friction to these three steps. That's really interesting. What are some of the key metrics that we should be looking at in these three areas? What are some of the levers that our, our listeners could be thinking about in terms of uh, improving each of those three areas to, to grow revenue? Yeah. So as a marketer, the key things I look at, um, the top one is my SLA. And my SLA with the sales team is based off what we call hand raisers. I personally look at the volume of hand raisers blended with our average sales price and close rate. So those I would say are my force metrics and a friction metric as a marketer that I look at is something like wait time for live chat on the website. So are we removing friction from getting in contact with us as a company? 
That's interesting. And you, you mentioned SLA. So I know, I, at least I knew historically that HubSpot actually had values on certain types of leads as part of the SLA for marketing. Are you guys still doing that? We do. Right now we do it as a blended average sales price. So different hand raisers have a different associated ASP. Mm -hmm. And so we look at things like, you know, did they reach out to contact sales? Did they sign up for a free product? And then within the product um, hit like an upgrade point and want to talk to someone in sales about unlocking functionality in their account. So serve a wide range of actions that we consider to be a hand raiser. So those that are asking for either a free account or to unlock a feature, they might be worth more than someone that's just downloading a white paper. Definitely. Right. Downloading a white paper doesn't make it to the list for a hand. Oh, they're not even a hand raiser. Yeah, they're just a lead in our Got book. it. Got it. What's the where's the line for hand raisers? What's the like the least interesting thing they have to do to be considered a hand raiser? Uh, ask to talk to sales. Ask to talk to sales. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And that could be either chat or through a form or whatever, right? Yep. Okay. Excellent. So last year, HubSpot released uh, the Services Hub. And in mm -hmm. listening to, you know, you talk about growing revenue and taking care of customers. Uh, it's probably one of the most underemphasized areas when we work with our clients and probably one of the most important areas for people to be spending their energies to make sure that their customers do have a good experience. What are some of the metrics people should be looking at to gain insights into whether their customer service initiatives are producing revenue or not? Yeah, that's a great question. So on a really high level, I think the top metric is NPS, your promoters versus your detractors. Um, it's a really high level metric where you can understand sentiment from your you know, customers or users if you have a, a SaaS product, for example. Um, another metric on services we look at is customer dollar retention. So you know, retention of your existing customers. Um, if you're SaaS like us, you could look at product usage rates or cross adoption of new product lines. Um, and then I think something everyone can look at is uh, you know, NPS on self-serve materials, like a knowledge base, are people finding the help that they need? Um, and a, a one in that friction category would be like number of support tickets per customer or support wait time. That's really interesting. You're actually asking customers how they felt from an NPS perspective on some of the content they downloaded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's not just how do you like the product or how was your experience with our customer support team, but how did, did you actually like this ebook you read? Yep. And, and it's the ebook, but it's also the, the self-serve articles that are, you know, how to use something in our tool, for example. How helpful was this in having you do what you were trying to do when you landed here to begin with? Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then in those situations where maybe the article is not performing as well as it could, that's a signal to the team that they might need to upgrade that tool per se. Right. Or upgrade that documentation. We right. might just find that we explained it in a way that wasn't super straightforward, or maybe we need more, more GIFs or GIFs, however you personally pronounce it, in the article uh, to aid in the education. Excellent. Really good advice. 
Um, just switching topics a little bit. So HubSpot's one of the, really one of the only marketing automation platforms with this concept of um, kind of like an open toolkit that allows people to come in and develop additional software and, and tools to help HubSpot customers do more. Is there anything you can talk to us about in terms of maybe some of the exciting tools or things that might people might be working on that um, uh, our listeners might find interesting? Maybe even a couple of stories about how HubSpot customers used some of those tools to grow their revenue? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked about that. So we're really proud, I would say, to be a platform business. You know, for years, a big value prop for us at HubSpot was that we're all in one. You know, for marketers who used a number of tools to accomplish their goals, um, it made a world of a difference in terms of their productivity and their ability to track success through having everything in one platform. And so um, we've been able to expand this significantly by becoming a platform company because we say now that we're all on one instead of all in one. Um, and so, you know, the APIs and deep integrations definitely help us reduce friction and, and help our customers just get their work done easier. Um, we've got a long, a long list of integrations. I think what's really interesting is um, we have a, a big spectrum of what's possible. So we've got integrations that, you know, your average user who doesn't have a lot of technical skills um, could set up like SurveyMonkey, for example. Mm -hmm really easy to integrate. I think I integrated with HubSpot a couple of years ago um, and I'm not super technical. Um, and then we have things, you know, then there's a whole spectrum. So you could use something like Zapier to connect to custom systems where there isn't a native integration. And then we have people who are actually building integrations on top of our APIs um, that are completely custom and connect to, you know, someone's bespoke um, homegrown system in the back end. Hmm. I think I saw not too long ago, it might have been middle of last year, that there's actually a direct mail product that's integrated with HubSpot. There is. There's actually multiple direct mail. That's a little uh, contrary to the whole inbound thing, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly <laughs> is. And I think that that's a shift sort of in our philosophy, which is we want to enable our customers to do what, what works for their business. You know, we serve a lot of industries and in some industries, you know, direct mail if done the right way, maybe isn't as um, intrusive as, uh, as how we've traditionally thought of direct mail. Right. Especially if you're serving an older market, right. They, they, they may get a lot of their information from the mail still. Yeah, certainly. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's, it's interesting, an interesting shift you guys have made over the past couple of years. And I like the perspective of, what did you say? All on one? Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really good. Um, you know, I, we talked to a lot of people at Square Two. We talked to a lot of clients and prospects. And I've definitely been hearing this pretty consistent theme about people generally being kind of confused. And I really can't blame them. Like, it's a very confusing time for, for marketers and salespeople. You know, what what strategy do they take? There's a lot of different people telling different stories you know, inbound, outbound, demand generation, account-based marketing, conversation, conversational marketing. Um, there, there are a lot of different, there, there have never actually been more tactics that marketers can consider. You know, do I do a landing page? Do I skip the landing page? Do I do an ebook? Do I do a video? Do I, you know, like it, 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 there's just so much going on. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, 
the, the sheer amount of data and analytics as marketers we now have. You know, mm -hmm. I've been a HubSpot partner for almost 10 years, and I remember the big selling point for me back then was, oh my gosh, I can actually see what's working, right? Like the mm -hmm. insights into the marketing and the data around what we were doing, I never had access to that. Now, 10 years later, you know, like I don't know where to look, I don't know what to look at first. There's so many mm -hmm. dashboards and so much data and so, so much analytics. So people are, are really kind of confused how to make sense out of all this. So how would you, if you were talking to someone who was expressing some concerns like this, how would you suggest they go about clearing that out and, and trying to get some focus on what's most important? Yeah, that's really interesting. So coming from the perspective of a marketer, you know, I think that um, on the marketing side, people can sometimes get caught up in vanity metrics, you know, what metric really matters. And so for me, I've always supported a sales team. So I track all of my marketing activities through to revenue. So I don't care if a campaign created a really high volume of leads or really high traffic, if that didn't end up converting into an opportunity and then ultimately a new customer. So I think boiling down and always tying different activities back to revenue is probably an important starting point if you're not sure what, what activities are actually working and what's not. That's pretty good advice. And then you could actually look at the tactics and say, if they're impacting some of those revenue-oriented metrics, then let's keep doing those. And if they're not, maybe those aren't the right tactics. Yeah. And I'd say the only place that's really not possible and is hard is at the very top of the funnel when you're doing brand awareness. Brand awareness is hard. It's hard to measure um, you know, how press mentions or earned media posts have an impact on your revenue. But I'd say for the most part, everything else really can be tracked through to revenue at some point in your funnel. Mm -hmm. To that point, uh, would you consider website visitors a vanity metric? No, I think it's important, but uh, because you might have someone working on that part of the funnel, but you have to make sure that handoff um, that you're kind of keeping your conversion rates high, right? Like traffic, but conversion rates, um, you know, dip, then you're probably just bringing the wrong people to your site. And what good is that doing anyone? Right. You, you could even extrapolate the conversion rate beyond just the form fill or the, you know, the, the, the chat, bot conversion and actually look at, like you were saying, like you're really looking at sales opportunities and new customers. Well, you know, what percentage of, of traffic are actually turning into sales opportunities and what percentage of traffic are actually turning into customers? And then that visitor metric becomes a little more relevant, wouldn't you exactly. think? Yeah, yeah exactly. Good. Um, you, you know, you, you, we, we talked in the beginning that you're in charge of partner marketing. So that's agencies, right? Yes. Right. So how do you think agencies can help companies gain the kind of clarity uh, that we were talking about, you know, maybe versus if they were trying to do it themselves? Like where, where do you see the agency partner in the ecosystem here? Mm -hmm. So first off, you know, there are a lot of ways agencies, at least I'll speak about the HubSpot ecosystem because that's what I know, you know, um, and there's a lot of ways agencies add value for our customers. Um, in one sense, it can be really clear cut. I always say HubSpot is like the gym. Just because you bought the membership doesn't mean you're getting the six pack. You <laughs> have to show up at the gym and do the work. Yeah, showing up and doing the work doesn't get you the six pack either. I can, I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, some customers 
aren't prepared to do the work, their in-house team doesn't have the time to dedicate to their marketing. And so it's really obvious that you should work with a partner, you know, and outsource uh, that to a partner. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I think it really comes down to expertise. You know, agency partners are experts on the HubSpot platform. They can help customers get the most out of the tools. Um, and many of our partners have really specific expertise, either within a certain industry or within certain service offerings. Um, you know, so for example, if you're not sure what metrics matter in your industry, you work with a partner who has experience there, they're going to have a better sense of what good looks like, um, what kind of conversion rates look like in your industry, um, and can help you kind of benchmark based on their expertise. Yeah, that's really good advice. I mean, I, I've always felt like it's it's kind of like, you know, time in and, and not necessarily time in in terms of years. But, you know, if you're an in-house team and, you know, this is your first or even second HubSpot situation and you've done, you know, this, this kind of marketing and sales work you have to do today at one or two companies, like that's that's good. But the agency could potentially bring, you know, hundreds of examples to bear on your company and hundreds of experiences doing similar things. And you, you can get a lot of value out of that agency relationship that can accelerate the results that they may eventually get to on their own, but it might take them quite a bit longer than if they were having someone help them with it. Certainly. It's, yeah, it's efficiency as well. Right. Our partners are inside HubSpot every day. They're beta users of the new features that are coming out. So they're always on top of how to use the platform and really maximize what you're getting out of the platform. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, this has been really great. You want to do something fun with me? I have a new segment. Are you up for it? Sure. Okay. I call it 2TWO or 2TOO. And you've, you've heard of this kind of thing before. I'm going to give you two words like vanilla or chocolate, dog or cat, and you're going to tell me which one's for you, okay? Okay. Are you ready? That. All right. Sales or marketing? Marketing. All right. Inbound or outbound? Inbound. Okay. Well, I'd expect you to say that. <laughs> Account-based marketing or email marketing? Email marketing. Okay. Nice. MQLs or SQLs? MQLs. All right. Revenue from new customers or revenue from existing customers? Existing customers. Okay. Site-wide conversion rate or landing page conversion rate? Landing page. Nice. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. All right. You ready? This is my, this is my big one right here. <laughs> Brian or Darmesh? Oh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not going to hold you to that one. Yeah. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot, Angie. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show. You were a great guest. In this episode, we talked about how to measure key revenue metrics in today's complex sales and marketing world with Angie Dowd at HubSpot. In our next episode, we're going to talk about how to take uh, an analytics and turn it into insight. Mike Donnelly, CEO at 7 Cents, is going to be with us. We're going to talk to Mike about the importance of insight in today's marketing. He's one of the, uh, it's one of the hardest pieces of the puzzle to uncover and even harder to turn those insights into action and improve results. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Angie, thanks again for joining us and let's go smash your funnel. Thanks so much, Mike.